Welcome into another episode of War Talking. Today we're talking football, Cajuns and Jags, with voice of the South Alabama Jaguars, JT Crabtree. How are you this afternoon, JT? I'm doing good, man. It's um, I know what time it is. If you and I are talking here on a podcast, it means uh, <laughs> I mean something fun's about to go down this weekend. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's it's a tournament I've been looking forward to. Every our tournament games since uh, uh, since since Jay went over for basketball and I saw the picture of you guys together. I, I've been looking forward to this, and we should bring some fans. So it's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, should be a whole lot of fun. Um, y'all are playing pretty solid ball. We are scuffling a bit, but nothing uh, nothing cures. Um, anything like winning right (laughs) absolutely and especially with your fan base uh yeah yeah no kidding so the struggles let's talk about that a little bit if you would uh i noticed uh the batting average is not as high as it was last year but it's also i think a little bit higher than it was two years ago and two Mm -hmm. years ago i kept looking at it and i was just shocked that your batting average was so low, but then when you looked at the runners on base batting average or two outs, you guys were just crushing the ball. So what's going on this season? Is it a little bit of that or a little bit of this? It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of the other. (laughs) All three, you know, this program is built on pitching and defense, which has always been Mark Calvey's pedigree. And right now we've got a team ERA that's close to six and we're fielding 960, which is not good numbers by our standards. So defensively, we're starting to come around. We're still kicking it around a little bit. The pitching has been good in relief, but not so much starting ball games. You know, Jeremy Lee's back from injury, but he'll have one game where he's great and another where it's just a a straight up clunker. Um, you know, there's some some days where he's dotting the corners and other times he's hanging a slider right down the middle. So a little bit of inconsistency to start games on the mound has put us behind the eight ball early in games, which has caused our offense to try and press and quickly get back into games. And so, you know, hitting sub 250 right now as a team, it's legitimate. You know, we, we have some, some holes in the lineup. Uh, no one has really taken ownership of the DH spot. Uh, first base, we've really struggled with. We've gone through four different first basemen right now. Um, Mitchell Herr and Hunter Donaldson, who's a converted outfielder, he's now playing third. Uh, neither of them have really been able to get going at the plates in the hot corner. Um, we still got a lot of question marks. And we knew coming into this year we were going to have a lot with 25 26 newcomers however many it is this year it's a very very different roster it's very juco heavy some guys making the adjustment to this level adjusting to playing with each other too and you know we said all along it's probably going to take about 25 maybe even 30 games to kind of figure out uh where this team's at and we're sitting at 21 games right now we still have some question marks so um you know, it's it's a big weekend, not only in terms of our our baseball rivalry we have with you guys, but also we gotta start figuring this thing out quick before um before we get deeper into the season. I, I 
you mentioned Jeremy Lee and 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 you're from what I'm seeing on paper here, you're absolutely correct. It's it's either zero runs or it's four, five, or six. Now, is that and I'm not trying to blame umpires. Everybody's strike zone is a little different. Is that just not him having the control, or is another umpire calling it different than the week before? If you kind of know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a little bit of Jeremy's own doing for the most part. Um, you know, he'll have a game where that wicked curveball that he's got is spinning in there, and it looks great, and he his sinker is dotting the bottom corners, and he looks like Jeremy Lee of old. You know, you look at his start at Jacksonville State two weeks ago. He went six innings shutouts, uh, walked two, struck out nine, threw over 100 pitches for the first time in two years. And it's like, ah, yes, he's back. There it is. And then this past Friday at Georgia Southern, where, you know, for him personally, that game meant a lot because his start at Georgia Southern back in 21 was where he initially injured his arm. And so it's an opportunity for him to put that game behind him and – he gives up. Uh, he gives up a homer. He gives up five earned runs. He walked four. He had walked more than three in a, in a start so far this season. And you know, teams are hitting him pretty hard. Surprisingly, you know, teams rolled over him a lot with the sinker and the curveball. He really was never really squared up a bunch. But you know, against Pepperdine, he gave up two homers. Um, Nebraska, he gave up one. He's given up four on the year, and. They've been legit homers. He's been hit hard this year. I think with with two outs this year, too, opponents are hitting north of 290 against them so far this season. So it's it's been, I wouldn't say it's something out of his control. It's just something that it's not consistently there yet. He had some, you know, in the recovery of the brace surgery he had, he's had some, uh, you know, just therapy stuff and you know, massage and drainage and whatnot he has to go through, you know, normal stuff. I don't think that necessarily plays into the results that Jeremy's had so far this year. I think it's just it's going to be taking him longer than we kind of expected him to to get back to the form that we expect from our Friday night ace. You know, I, I look at it and I see on the uh, website his uh, classification is listed as a redshirt sophomore. And I know in, he's had some em, uh, injuries, but God, man, it feels like he's been around a lot longer than that. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting when you think about it. He's only a redshirt sophomore. It was true freshman season back in 21. He was a two-way guy playing third. And, you know, we saw in the fall, like, oh, wow, this guy's got a great curveball. Oh, he's got the sinker in there, too. Uh, this is pretty good. Wasn't in the rotation at all. And then we start him for a midweek. I think it was actually against Southern Miss. And he blows the doors off of him. And we're thinking, who is this kid? He was his number two on his high school team. What is he doing up here? And it just kept rolling and rolling. And then you know, the injury happened to Georgia Southern. Missed most of last season. And you know he's a redshirt sophomore. It feels like he's been here more than this is now year three. But he's still the same Jeremy when he was 18 years old pitching on Friday nights back in 21. You know, he's still the the true down-to-earth Southern kid. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, he's, if he's not the ballpark, he, he's fishing. He's looking at 
videos on hunting. Um, he's he's a good old Southern boy, and he he hasn't lost that. But you know, he's he's a great guy. Hopefully, it it comes around for him soon. But in spite of the struggles he's had, he's still the same Jeremy day in and day out, which I think is the most important part. Sounds like a great young man. So uh, yeah, he's he's great. Look look forward to to watching him pitch. I've seen him on TV a few times, and hopefully, uh, hopefully his outing is not too good. So. <laughs> But so I, you brought up Pepperdine and, and uh, because I, you only played Pepperdine one game because it was in a tournament setting. But have you guys, I mean, I guess we're not used to it. Well, the other one I meant to bring up, though, was Southern Miss, you know, midweek game against Southern Miss. Have you been able, uh, has South Alabama been able to replace them with other quality midweek games? It's been hard. Uh, we were actually talking about that a lot last year. Of you know, That's our, outside of the SEC games, that's our premier mid-major midweek game that we play year in, year out. And we had started to play them actually three times on midweeks. We'd go to them for two, us for one, and then we'd yeah. flip it the next year. And... That was a legitimate concern last year was, okay, they're joining the conference. Well, shoot, we're losing three top 30 RPI games on midweeks that are an hour drive away. And so it's been difficult. Um, We've got Tulane. We had them on the schedule last year. We added Nichols back, which we haven't played them in a couple of years. Obviously not the same caliber opponent, but still good baseball to, to test yourself against. We've added more games against New Orleans. Um, we have not, at least not this year, have not been able to add that same level for a mid-major game. We played Auburn this past Tuesday. We hosted Alabama uh, last week, so those were good games, but we get them every year. We have not been able to replace them yet with, you know, Mississippi State hasn't played us in, I think, five years. Uh, we're not going to go to Ole Miss because it's too long of a drive from for us. It's about five hours. We're not going to go to to Florida State, because again, it's five hours and Mark Calvi wants to stay within four. And so it's hard to find good teams at the level of Southern Miss for us to be able to drive to. We might have to get a little creative and make some long trips and you know, maybe hit Florida State on the way to play in a series with Jacksonville University or something. I don't know. I think we're going to have to get creative and picking up games as we go on the road. We haven't done that the last couple of years. And so I think that's something we might start to do moving forward. I do know that we're trying to get how you guys played Mississippi State and Biloxi. We're trying to get in on that game, I think, next year. Okay. Um, so that'll be good. But, um, yeah, it's it's been, a, it's been a struggle to find another caliber team close enough for us to play in a midweek. Well, I noticed Mississippi State played back-to-back games there they had another someone else they played the night before us so um the reason i brought that up because it it is something that that we had talked about you and i and then the Mm -hmm. same thing with uh you know guys at troy and we had been playing southern miss midweek games as well two Mm -hmm. over there one over here or vice versa whatever it was so but i'm just looking i guess you're probably not used to seeing South Alabama's RPI at 232, right? Yeah. You know, and I know it's not going to stay there. 
but at the same time, you mentioned Tulane, you mentioned UNO, and I know Tulane is not the same team that they've been in the past. And and the same thing, where I think we have a, a we either played them or we'll have a a midweek game against them, and then we have Louisiana Tech, who has kind of fallen off the face of the earth as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of I'm looking you know, at all the Sunbelt teams. And then you look at Old Dominion with another number 19 RPI, but their strength of schedule is 141. And I'm going, <laughs> okay. It's quite yeah. obvious that I don't understand RPI. Yep. Yep. I, we were actually, it's funny. We were talking about that in the office earlier today. And we we're going through and thinking, okay, yeah. Okay. Their, their record's good. What's their RPI? Okay. Well, who have they, oh, they haven't really played that many teams. okay you know whatever and then you, you kind of drop down and you look at at our rpi obviously is ugly and that's a, a big part of the the record we've got but also our, our schedule's been pretty dang good this year with you know we host this series with nebraska you mentioned the pepperdine game and that same tournament we had iowa come to us uh we've hosted alabama we played auburn so uh, we've tested ourselves i feel pretty strongly but the RPI is just in the tank right now. And so I'm with you. I, I don't understand you know, how much weighs one way or the other. Clearly, I'm not the guy to be logging on to Warren Nolan every day and trying to figure the thing out. Well, another kind of freaky thing there. You got Troy at 38, and they, yeah. they have a strength of schedule of 20. And I can tell you, their first two weekends <laughs> were Sisters of the Poor and the Blind Kids from St. Mary's College. <laughs> I mean, I'm going, how do you get it? Strength of schedule of 20. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. Uh, We were, that's the exact example we were looking at was, okay, their RPI is great, but who have they played? Okay. They played Evansville, who's not the best baseball and they played Stony Brook and and then past that USC upstate and they played a pretty stop, pretty solid Florida Gulf coast team. That's now in the, the top 20. Okay. But then they, they go down and play UCF. Well, how good is UCF this year? I don't think they're very good. I know it's a name, but I don't think they're very good. I don't know. And then they got smashed by Georgia State, but, you know. Yeah. That didn't help. <laughs> so, no, it's in, – in, well, if you got a second, let's talk Georgia State. I know Danny, sure. Danny, Danny Reed and uh, uh, Colin Lacey were always big on their coach. They knew him from – another stop that he had and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you see something different over there now? Because they last year they did the same thing. They came out very hot and then just like flushed the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious if it's going to sustain. Um, I was, I know they lost some guys in transfer portal after last year because they started great and fell off. And then um, I was a little surprised at how much they were actually able to keep from the portal this past season, but um, what's this kid's name? Strickland. Um, I, I can't remember his name. is It's not in front of me, but um, yeah, some Strickland this past weekend was you know, player of the week in the conference, and I've never heard of this guy, but apparently he's all world for him so far this season. And then, you know, it really reminds me of what they did last year with. You know, they had Ryerson and uh, a couple of other guys that were just, you know, Cameron Jones is still there, but you know, Luke Boynton had come out of nowhere and they're smacking home runs left and right. And 
I know the the park that they play in is what it is, and it's smaller, and the ball just jumps out of there. But I was very shocked that they're they did what they did against Troy, who I still expect to be pretty darn good in the league, and they took all three from them this past week, and really, really surprised me. Well, that that's what I was going to say. Troy is a team that can, that we know can hit the ball, maybe sometimes in fear opponents, but you would think going to Georgia State the way that that field plays, you would really think that you know you'd be able to hit it. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not. Or I am surprised that you know the the first game of the weekend with Georgia State. It was um, it was a boat race. It was ten nine going back and forth, but then fifteen five and twelve six. What is going on? I know that Troy's got some injuries on the mound so far, but even still, I mean, you shouldn't be giving up if you're going to compete at the level that we expect Troy to compete at this year. They can't be giving up fifteen runs and twelve runs and ten over the course of a, a three-game series. And I was going to ask you about UAB if they were on your schedule, but then I look at them, they, they're they 5-15, and 15, so not something that's probably going to help <laughs> your RPI too much. But, again, I don't yeah, – evidently I don't understand RPI, though. But that's the school that you you, will, you look at, and it's a fairly easy drive to get to it, but they're not a good RPI match for us. You know, they haven't played good ball the last couple of years. Casey Dunn – came over from Sanford Sanford last year and he's trying to change the culture and they play in a tough spot. You know, they they bulldoze their ballpark. They're completely rebuilding it. They play a lot of road games. They play a lot at Regions Field, the the Barons ballpark. And so they never really have a home. Um that's a that's a tough sell. I am curious to see though if we will add Samford to our schedule moving forward. They play really good ball in the SOCON and their head coach is our former assistant and former student athlete at South, uh, Tony David. He's going to do a really good job up there with Samford. So I'm curious if at some point in the future, if we'll add maybe a home and home with them moving forward. Well, uh, I, I hope you are. I mean, I, I'm i trying to think. I think we might have played them in the last couple of years uh, as well. So, but, well, let's – uh Let's move on to talk about this weekend, uh, and then we're going to hit the Sun Belt one more time with kind of your thoughts on around the league. But if I'm looking at this correctly, it seems like the top of your order is really strong and, and good and has at least statistically they're, they're playing well mm-hmm. right now. But it seems to be the bottom of your order that's struggling a little bit. And is that that's what's happening when you're getting guys on base? That, that back yeah, end is we're- not- yeah, we're we're getting some some black holes in the lineup right now where you know, lead off Eric Orbeda has been good and then the two hole is eh, it's been kind of up and down and then your three hole hitter all year has been Will Turner and he's been just lights out. He's been really really good. He's hitting 361 right now and before this past weekend he was hitting over 400 still. So, I mean, he's he's been crushing the ball. Then your cleanup spot really hasn't done a lot. Then the five hole hitter has been good. Then the six has been okay. The seven's getting on base. Then eight's not doing anything. But then nine has been crushing the ball. And so that's where it's been super up and down, super inconsistent at the plate where guys that you need to be a regular contributor in that two hole, in that cleanup spot, and even down in the eight spot, you need to keep that inning going and flip the lineup over. We are not getting that right now. I think I mentioned that 
you know, first base has been a revolving door right now. We've used four different guys. Um, there's still a lot of spots on this roster right now that no one has really taken ownership of. You know, first base, you know, just someone being the guy to get the big hit for a while. It was JG Bell, but JG was not expected to to provide us anything with his bat this year. He's out there playing short for his defense. And he ends up being our third best hitter on the on the team so far this year. So it, it's been a weird, weird mix of things going wrong all at the same time, seemingly every game. Um, you know, I think we're close. You know, you look at the Auburn game this past Tuesday, we rallied back and it was a, a one run loss on a controversial call that scored the go ahead run for Auburn. Um, we had the tying run at third with two outs in the ninth at Georgia Southern in game three. Um you know, a weird play happened against Nebraska. We lost by one to them. We had the early lead against Iowa and could ho- couldn't hold on to it. So there's been some weird, weird stuff this year, and we're really, really close. You know, a record right now of eight and thirteen. We're probably combined four plays away from having a a fifteen win team right now. You know, Danny Reed uh, talked about that yesterday. I had a conversation with him and Jay Walker. And Danny Reed is the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, who South Alabama played last weekend. So I uh, said that you guys are right there. And look out when it does start to click, because you guys are going to be a powerful team. And you talked about your nine-hole hitter. Has that been consistently the same person? Or has that been kind of rotating there as well? Because, I mean... And, and is that where they're playing now to get some some bats up and down the order? So it's been uh it's been mostly surprisingly enough, Colson Lawrence, who leads us in homers. He's got six and two of them on Tuesday against Auburn. Uh the dude is just a, a monster of a power bat, but he strikes out a ton. He's a very much a an all or nothing guy at the plate. And so we kind of sneak him in there at nine. He'll provide you some pop at the bottom. He's super athletic. He can pitch too. He's really, really good on the mound. Um, and so he's been actually primarily our nine hole hitter. We batted him eighth last night because our starting catcher every day, Diego Altamirano has um, a hip injury. And so Cole Ketchner had to start a catcher and he's been a little cold at the plate. So we batted him ninth and those two seemed to work well last night. And Mark Calvey's big on if you work one game, I'll plug you in there the next day and keep going until it doesn't. Um, but for the most part, it's been the same guy in the nine spot. It's just, you know, we try and mix it up at the seven or the eight. Uh, we've mixed it up a ton at the cleanup spot. And just so far, nothing has stuck for us in any of those spots. The reason I ask that is because I know a lot of teams, uh, uh, a lot of coaches, managers will drop those players down into a lower spot to get uh, to kind of protect them a little bit, take a little pressure off of. And I was wondering if that was the case, if it was someone that was batting uh, earlier in the lineup earlier in the season. So, um, yeah, I'll um, let's see if I have it here. No, there's. I think it's like the eight or our combined first baseman are batting like one ten, 
or something like that. It's just been atrocious. And a lot of that early on the year was our top two first basemen were Hertz, uh, Micah Morgan and DK Donaldson. So the Uber utility guy, Tyler Borges, who can play every position, including catch, um, he was our first baseman, and he's not a first baseman. There were several plays where, you know, where a normal first baseman turns and you know picks the ball or blocks it on a bad pickoff throw or whatever. He's trying to kind of dive and just knock it down. It's just it's not the correct play. He might get it done, but it's not the right way to do it. And so. We've mixed those three guys in there, and then we saw last night, um, we saw Trey Lewis get the first his first start at first base, trying to get something going there, and Trey looked pretty good. So um, he might be the guy moving forward. I, I don't know. Coming into the season, we all thought it was going to be Micah Morgan. Um, DK Donaldson hit three eighty something in JUCO. Tyler Borges was all the scouts told us he was the best JUCO player in the Florida Panhandle. It's just it's just not working right now. It's just been one of those weird funks. You know, I, I think we've seen a lot of that as well. I, mean, I don't know if this is his first year with y'all, but uh, it seems to be like the JUCO guys really take almost half a season to get adjusted, yeah. which sometimes is too long, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was actually – I was talking with Mark Calvey before the game on Tuesday, and he brought up a great point. He's like, we have not had – since he's been here, which is – this is now year – 14, 13 or 14. Since he's been here, we have not had a Juco hitter drafted. We've had plenty of Juco pitchers, but not a Juco hitter drafted. And I kind of stop and think about it. You know, you're right. Ethan Wilson, Michael Sandel, uh, Travis Swaggerty, Brendan Donovan, all those guys, they're high school recruits that we brought in and groomed. And so, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to take a little longer for these Juco guys to fully acclimate because right now the the only two that are really getting it done are Colson Lawrence and JG Bell. That that's uh, an interesting stat. I think we're. Uh, I, I would have to go back and look at that as well, and it's kind of hard to tell now because Coach Steggs is in his fourth year, so mm-hmm. I, there's not a lot of history to pull off of that. But uh, a couple of our best hitters on, on the team right now, Heath Hood came from a JC, and John Taylor uh, out of mm-hmm. Oregon came from a from a, a JC as well. Um, so it, that's a, that's an interesting thought, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's switch, switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk about the pitching side of it. Has the rotation been pretty set for you guys Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, or has that been an experiment as well? It's been pretty solid for the most part. You know, Jeremy Lee's been the Friday night guy every game. Uh, true freshman Gary Connard. He's a lefty. He's second in the Sunbelt Conference in strikeouts. He's been really, really good. He he's made five starts, and unfortunately, he's 0 and 4, in zero and four. Um, and he's got the best ERA in the rotation so far this season. Um, wow. It's just been it's been a weird stretch for him. Where there were I'll go back to the past Saturday at Georgia Southern. It's bases loaded, two outs. He gets a strikeout. The ball's in the dirt, and our catcher comes out to pick it up and throw it down to first, and he trips over the bat. And a run scores, the inning continues, and then a couple more runs come in to score. And it's just, you know, he's had a lot of tough luck like that in his starts. He's been great. Um, the Sunday role has flip-flopped now. Um, it started out as Garfield Johns. He was another lefty, a Juco kid. And then he started the first three weekends, was getting hit pretty hard, so we made a change. 
And a guy who pitched a lot last year for us, Walker Johnson, he's got starting experience. We ran him out there on uh, game three against Jacksonville State, and he didn't get out of the first. He got walloped to give up four runs in the first. And then this past weekend, we went with Mitchell Herr, and he's a two-way guy. He's been our primary third baseman as well. He can really, really pitch, 92-94. He's got a great curveball. And he has looked like he's going to be the guy to solidify the rotation now. It looks like it's going to be Jeremy, then Gehrig, and then um, then her on Sundays. The only issue with her is that his stamina is not quite there yet because he hasn't been training to be in the rotation. But yeah. He went, uh, he went four innings against Georgia Southern, which was his longest outing of the year, and I think he'll keep getting better. But I think he's going to be the Sunday guy moving forward for us. I don't think people realize that uh, enough uh, of what you're talking about with stamina and longevity uh, coming from the bullpen into the starting role or a two-way player that's playing even in the field and then coming in. It's a, it's a different mindset. It's a different leg strength, a different arm. Uh, mm-hmm. sometimes slot. So uh, I, I know Jake Hammond, you see him slowly, our Friday night guy, get up more and more and more. And it took, I believe, his third start of the season before he actually got a victory, even though we won those games. So uh, because he wasn't getting to that, uh, finishing off that fifth inning, getting into the mm-hmm. sixth. So and something that something that Mitch is still working on too is you know he had trained as a reliever, kind of a late innings guy. And so he was used to just putting all of his bullets in the gun and going. And you could really tell at the end of his outing last time out against Georgia Southern that he was in his third time through the order, and his fastball, which usually since 92-94, was clipping 88-89. And so that's something else too, not only with the stamina, but He's got to figure out, too, how much he has to exert himself to be able to continue and not leave pitches hittable because we know at the college level, but especially as good as the Sun Belt's been this year, 89-88 down the middle is pretty darn hittable. Yeah. I think a lot of that has to do, hopefully, with your coaching staff and our coaching staff going out in there saying, hey, I just need you to get me through this inning, get us out of this inning, or, hey, we're going to be here a little bit. You need to to pace mm-hmm. yourself. So, and, and that's hard though, to be able yep. to, to, to not throw 93 to come back and to, because you're needed for a longer outing. And uh, hopefully by this time of year, though, guys are learning their roles and that's going to continue. We've sent, we've yep. seen a couple of, of longer outings for a couple of our relief pitchers as well. I mean, Cooper Rawls, I believe is tied with us in the Sun Belt with victories, four victories, he's four and oh, and he's a relief pitcher. So <laughs> that's kind of nice, you know? Yeah. So it, it's fun. All right. Last thing on uh, this weekend. Uh, have you done your happy dance where we're not going to get any rain Friday night? <laughs> I haven't yet. I need to, because the forecast this weekend doesn't look great. Um I think Friday, like overnight Friday, looks wet. Um, Saturday afternoon potentially looks wet. And most of Sunday looks like it's going to rain too. So, um, yeah, I mean, y'all know Mobile. Um, yep. It's very similar to Lafayette. It's going to rain at the, the drop of a dime and then be sunny and 
82 and humid for three hours before it'll rain again. So um, I don't know. I, when you guys came here two years ago, we were talking before we started the broadcast here. Um, we, you know, we played one Sunday night to Monday morning. And I don't think we're going to be in that situation. We can't because we've got a <laughs> we've got a five game week next week. We can't do that. We're off but, next week. Um, <laughs> let's let's play seven. No, no, I I don't know. I'm, we're not. This isn't pro ball. We're not playing every day. <laughs> so I don't know. We might go like two Friday, one Saturday if we need to. I think we can get a game in early on Saturday. Um, Stanky has been draining better so far okay. this year. We have not had any issues uh, with rain just yet. We've had we've pl- hosted two tournaments, and it has withheld the 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 beating that it takes in those six days, and um, it's held the water pretty well so far. So it looks like it's going to get wet. It's inevitable. I'm uh, I'm curious to see though how much it'll uh, it'll throw us off a bit this weekend. Well, I think fans need to remember also that it is a grass field. It's not a turf field. Yep. You have Correct. to give the grass some time to drain. And even though it may be sunny and beautiful, that doesn't mean the field. And I'm saying that for to our fans, <laughs> that the field has not drained. Get, get over it. The sun is shining. Doesn't mean you're playing. So... Yep. Yeah, we're uh, we're still grass, but uh, Mark Calvey's big on wanting turf. That is number oh, really? one on his wish list. Yep, he desperately because of the rain. He said that um, I think one off season we missed like thirty percent of our practice days outdoors because of rain, and he's like, we we can't do that. So he really wants turf, but um, not there yet. Still, still grass. We'll uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we don't have to worry about it too much this weekend. You know, Coach Robe talked about uh, guys, you know, driving along the interstate and seeing the sign that said, oh, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, and they would come on in and they would want to see the field and everything because, you know, they were driving through. They were from Texas. They were, you know, they're high school players. They're looking to play ball somewhere. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, during the summer, you don't have a a groundskeeper there. So, you know, you got dandelions popping up and you may have, you may have (laughs) mowed the lawn only once a month. So it's ugly. And that's not a good look for recruits coming in during Mm -hmm. the off season. So no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I I know that we don't necessarily have stuff like that just because we, we do so many camps, so, so many camps and showcases and whatnot, but totally. I mean, that's something that people don't think about is, you know, it's, Okay, yeah, the sport is not necessarily being played right now, but recruiting's year round. You got to keep everything maintained to game level for recruits at any time when they come in. Yes, and this is obviously all before social media and and all the where where you see pictures of a beautiful field out there and everything, and you mm-hmm. know before texting and saying, "Hey, hey, coach, you know, can I stop in?" So it's a little different now than it was then. But and I think we actually do more camps now because there is the uh, the turf field. And I think we're doing a few more showcases as well. Coach Robe didn't like too many of them there because if the guys played here and saw what the locker rooms are, it wasn't a big wow feature when they came mm-hmm. for their recruiting visit. He wanted the wow feature and the guys to get excited to come play at Louisiana. So. But, okay, that makes sense. I can understand that. One last thing about this weekend's game. Please tell me it's not termite season 
or whatever the <laughs> God forbid swarm of locusts is coming to pick us up. It is not termites is correct. It is not termite season though. So okay. um, y'all y'all should be fine. Outside of the rain, the the weather looks okay. We haven't had any bugs at the ballpark or anything. <laughs> I mean, you could set your watch each yeah. night. Oh, they were coming yep. at seven forty three in fifteen seconds, and boy, yep. boom! And it was too late once you saw them because they were yeah. on you. Yeah, oh. and um, I was. I was attending a game, uh, gosh, it was still when I was doing softball radio, and I'm sitting there at East Yankee Field, and I'm talking with some of our softball student-athletes, and they had never seen that happen before, and they were freaking out. I was like, don't don't worry about it. You know, They don't bite. They get on you. They'll crawl around. They'll fly away. They'll be gone in 30 minutes. Just yeah. you know, give them a few minutes. And uh, we actually, it's funny, we actually started a couple of years ago. We will turn on every stadium light we have at a venue to try and draw them away from stanky field because the swarm is so bad. They, they come out of the ground actually across the street from the stadium. So that's why they're so bad at the ballpark, but we've tried to, you know, we turn on the lights at, um, at soccer at the track. And then I think we've actually started turning on it at a Hancock Whitney stadium too, just to try and draw them elsewhere to try and disperse it a bit. Oh man, I tell you, that was the weirdest thing. My first visit there. So, but uh, if you if you got a few more minutes, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, but some some belt conference baseball. Uh, it seems like almost every week, if you go flip through the schedule, there there seems to be almost like three premier games uh, or, or series each week. And you know, uh, and I think you really have that again this year with Texas State in coastal Carolina mm-hmm. this weekend, Georgia Southern at Southern Miss this weekend, and then us going to South Alabama. I mean, that's some real good baseball for fans to watch across the Sun Belt and worth every bit of your $5 or $6 or whatever it is now, $7 ESPN Plus subscription. No, 100%. It's it's great baseball. Uh, we were looking at it uh, this morning, and the conference RPI is currently five. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty darn exciting to see that the whole league is like we knew it was going to be. We knew it was going to be really strong baseball, but you know, last weekend with Southern Miss and Texas State was a, a good matchup, and I'm really curious to see if Southern Miss can rebound against Georgia Southern. I know uh, Danny Reed was telling me this past weekend he's excited to go over to the Pete, to Pete Taylor Park for the first time. Yep. Um, and you know, they've got a, a great atmosphere over there as well. So it's um it's an exciting time in college baseball and especially in the Sunbelt Conference because there's so much parity across the country, not only in the league, but just across the country. Um, I really do think that this is a time where we're going to see four, five, maybe six teams vying for for a spot in the NCAA tournament it's pretty darn exciting to think that we've got that many teams that are within the top 64 in the country and we see them on a regular basis in our league yeah it's fun and, and uh obviously we do, all don't get to play each other and only 10 teams will make it to the conference tournament which I think is good for the conference at mm-hmm. getting an extra spot in there because you don't have a lower RPI team possibly dragging down a top RPI team just because they played, whether they win or lose. So 
Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's, you know, it's a 14-team league. That's a lot. We saw in basketball how long the tournament was with all 14 down there. I think 10 with one round of single elimination and then you go double the rest of the way. I think it's perfect. And like you said, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, a a 13 seed getting hot and running through the tournament and losing in the championship game. You don't have to worry about that killing your league's RPI by playing itself. So I think it's great that we've got just the top 10 going to Montgomery. What are you looking for this weekend out of the rest of the Sunbelt? Let's eliminate our, our games this weekend, but what, where, where do you think uh, the Sunbelt? I mean, you've got some interesting matchups that we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Texas State and Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern going to Southern Miss that we just talked about. But how is someone like Old Dominion going to respond to somebody like Marshall that may not yeah. be uh, what where Marshall wants to be and where we want Marshall to be, quite frankly? I think they've got an ability as they build their new stadium and get some recruits in there. I think they will be a better ball club. But mm-hmm. what, what, does, what does Old uh, – I mean, I know I know Old Dominion has won in the past and has made the tournament, so this is not new to them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were a one seed two years ago. I mean, it's a good program. We've actually got a transfer from Old Dominion on our team, Robbie Petrassi, and um, you know, he put up big numbers with the Monarchs, and it's a program that's played really well. I'm a little surprised at how quickly they have continued to play good ball so far this year. I mean, they're – 18 and two so far in the season. They're undefeated in league play. Uh, I'm curious how, I, you know, if they're going to lay an egg against a Marshall or if Marshall's going to keep playing good ball like they did the other day when they knocked off Cincinnati. You know, I, I don't know. I'm curious just for from an in state perspective to see how Troy responds against ULM. You know, we were talking earlier about Georgia State really popped Troy, and I think Troy's better than that. ULM's a scrappy bunch. You know, we saw yeah. them in the tournament last year make a little bit of noise. They knocked off Louisiana Tech the other day. I think that that's going to be a really fun matchup up in Troy this weekend, too. Um, yeah, it, I'm curious really about that one. You talked about the, the Southern Miss, Georgia Southern. I think that one's going to be really fun because you know, Georgia Southern has, has scuffled. Their pitching has not been great. Um, we made them look pretty darn good this past weekend on the mound. But I think going to an environment like uh, Hattiesburg, is going to have this coming weekend with Southern Miss. I, I think that's going to be a little eye-opening for him maybe is that, oh, this is, you know, it might be new to the league, but this is big-time baseball because you and I are used to seeing Southern Miss all the time, but Georgia Southern never plays them outside of, you know, you know if they get matched up in a regional or something like that. So I think that's going to be a, a really fun matchup moving forward too. I just love the fact that we can go around to so many ballparks in the league now and have a – a uh, a regional type atmosphere at those at those ballparks, yeah. you know, and it's just fun, and I think it prepares our team better, our teams better, and I'm just this is just the most exciting I think Sun Belt Conference. I mean, last year we got four teams in, but I don't think anybody expected that, and now it's like yeah. almost expected, so it's yeah. fun to watch yeah, no, for sure. Like absolutely, I will be disappointed if there are less than four teams. In the uh, in the NCAA tournament, at the end of this year, like you, that atmosphere at Southern Miss, I know you know it, but yep. um, you know I had to warn Danny about the the throw it in the dirt guy coming up this weekend. Um, they're uh, they're in for a treat over there with that guy screaming in a 
an octave that my voice cannot get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, it's, it's fun to hate Southern Miss, you know, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you got to respect them. Oh, yeah. What they've yeah, done. For sure. I'm, I mean, they're right down the road from us. We play them in every sport before, uh, before they join the league. And so we're super familiar with them. And being a, an hour and a half drive straight down the highway makes, uh, makes that matchup a ton of fun. What I'm really looking forward to is you know, we always play them on a Tuesday. So we always got the midweek starters. We've never thrown our aces against each other. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to playing on a Friday night um, at, at Southern Miss. It's going to be a whole, whole lot of fun when we get there at the end of the season. It, it's funny. To me, it was very funny. The two chirpiest teams opened up Sunbelt Conference play with Southern Miss and Texas State. And, so, and Southern <laughs> Miss's first game in the Sunbelt Conference is against Texas State. And I think those are the two mouthiest teams there are out there. Uh, yeah. There are the teams. didn't throw us in there. No, well, <laughs> not this time around. No. Yeah, we're we're not bad this year. In 21, we, we chirped a yes. good bit. But, um, but you guys backed but, it up. I mean, that was a, a team yeah, that was. We, uh, we could do it. In, in the championship of the regional there at Florida. Yeah. So uh, if I'm remembering 21 correctly and not, yeah, yeah 20, 22 was last season. Yeah. So no, you guys could back it up and you did that. That was the team that I think batted like 220 or something on the season. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like 235 at the end of the year. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was 220 going into the Sunbelt Conference tournament. And then you guys got it up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look at it and you're like, 375, 425 with men on base or two outs. And I'm going like, all right, this is not fair. You know, you did your job. And then all of a sudden ten. these guys come crush you. 10 so. straight two out hits with 10 straight two out runs. will do that for you. Yes. <laughs> well, any last words of advice for Cajun fans that are heading over uh, this weekend, the stanky field and uh, the, the, the great city of mobile. Yeah, um, if you, I know that several Cajun fans have made the trip. Um, if you have not made it over recently, um, get there a little bit early. There's no immediate parking around Stanky for visiting fans. The only lot we've got is on Old Shell Road, and it's reserved for folks that have have season tickets and have paid for it in advance. So, um, best bet for parking probably going to be at the Mitchell Center and just walk down the sidewalk straight down the road, or uh the the what we call the gamma parking lots because it's by the gamma dorms behind uh stanky field it's all free parking it's all free game um looking forward to seeing hopefully some tailgating out there if it's not too wet and um looking forward to a fun atmosphere it should be should be a ton of fun um i think i think on friday we're gonna have a, a beignet food truck out there at the Sweet. ballpark too yes yeah, so that'll be uh they're they're legit man they're really good um oh man so we're so um for going on a diet. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks. Although th- yeah, there was no diet this weekend, I can tell you that. Yeah, so. it's uh it, it's I'm looking forward to it, man. It's always fun when y'all come to town and um you always bring a crowd with you, which makes it even more fun. And the the Cajun fans are the best, you know, before and after the game. I, I can't tell you how many you know, meals and drinks I've had with your fans over the years. 
But uh, as soon as those lights turn on, boy, they hate your guts. And I, oh, yeah. uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> but I love it, man. It's great. I love these matchups, and I, I really can't wait to, to get it going this weekend. Well, good deal, JT. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, usually I would say best of luck, but uh, hope you guys play okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have some fun baseball. How about that? I, I want some good baseball, and, and I kind of yeah. talked about that a little bit in another podcast. And I'm I'm old school. I, I don't mind a 3-2 game or a one nothing game. You know, and and then and we turn around on Sunday uh this past week against Arkansas State. And you know, we we had beaten them, but it was a 3-1 game on a Sunday, which which you really don't expect on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. No, I'm with you, man. Give me a pitcher's duel. I'm all for it. So, chicks love the long ball though, but I'm not a chick. So <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you uh, Friday night, hopefully, if not Saturday. Uh, hopefully, we'll be in Friday if the if if something doesn't uh, come up with the the game being games being moved around. So, hopefully, we get one in Sounds. Friday night. So, absolutely, sounds good, man. I'll see you all this weekend. Thanks. You've been listening. To We're talking. We've been talking baseball, raging Cajun baseball, and Southern South Alabama, South Alabama Jaguars baseball. Thanks for listening. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.